Welcome to this bedtime story about Siddhartha Gautama's life with original recordings that I made during my research in Nepal and India, following the footsteps of the historic Buddha. Bedtime stories and nature sounds are a great way for you to calm down and gently go to sleep. Today I'll tell you what the Shramanas are. Siddhartha left his home to become a Shramana, but who are they? How do they live and what are their beliefs? The Shramanas origin lie far back in Indian history. Siddhartha clearly believed that his culture was already very old and told stories of ancient cities lost in the jungle. Some trace of the Shramanas origin to the early Harappan civilization that goes back 3000 BC. A seal found in the buried city of Mohenjo-daro depicts a cross-legged figure with his hands resting on his knees and his eyes narrowed, perhaps in meditation. We know that holy men in the Ganges Valley were exploring methods of spiritual development called yoga. Siddhartha knew what he wanted to be part of. He knew the religious wanderers that passed through his hometown, Kapilavastu. It was common for aristocrats like Siddhartha to engage them in conversation. It would be normal for Siddhartha to meet Ramanas and discuss with them his questions about life. Some householders mocked these wandering medicants. Most did not understand them, but many still respected them deeply and set aside a little food they cooked each day to place it in their bowls when they came on their alm rounds. That gained the karmic merit that could bring a better rebirth in the next life or good fortune in this one. Many towns had a park outside the walls where the wanderers stayed and some towns even had special Shramana rest houses. There is some evidence that some wanderers also provided medicine and acted as doctors, which would have brought householders into contact with them when they went for treatment. They were indeed houseless wanderers, but also the only true cosmopolitans of their time, citizens of the whole, not just of the part. The outward signs of an ascetic were the rejection of possessions and family, wild hair, and frequently totally naked. Some ascetics lodged as hermits alone in the jungle or in small groups far from villages and towns in order not to be disturbed or inflamed by their daughters. If an ascetic practiced his observance rigorously for a long time, he was regarded as holy and the nearest village was proud to supply him with the little he needed. For some of the halfway goal was to gain paranormal powers such as flying like a bird, walking on water, passing through walls or gaining knowledge of distant concealed objects or of past and future. The goals of the ascetics were unconventional as 
were their methods. The scale reaches from subtle meditation exercises through various peculiar practices right down to revolting forms of self-torture in which a form of exhibitionist vanity is apparent. Among other forms may be reckoned the cow and dog ascetics. Some put on horns and fastened a cow's tail to their body and lived for preference among the cattle, while the naked dog ascetic ate off the ground, barked and slept curled up like a dog. It is hard to understand what made the homeless life appear so attractive to people in ancient India and what made the life of the wandering religious medicant such an important movement. An urge towards spiritual maturity had seized on men and induced thousands of them to abandon their employment, entrust their wives and children to the care of the great family and leave their bamboo hut, their village or city, in order to adopt a monastically celibate wandering life in the hope of gaining liberating wisdom. The break with tradition and the wandering medicant life were the only things that the ascetics had in common. Ideologically, they followed very different ways. Some were sophists who specialized in refutation without propagating any positive doctrine of their own. Some were fatalists and determinists who held the view that anything, including their own emancipation, was predetermined unalterably. But the majority of wanderers were experimenters in religion, joining now this, now that guru. Their debates with those holding other views, which were generally held in the groves, on the edge of a village or town, were the intellectual amusement of the time and attracted many people, including Siddhartha, the son of the Sakyan Raja in Kapilavastu. really comfortable and close your eyes. Simply relax for a short while. Not going anywhere. Not moving. Simply letting go of all concerns and all movement. You can feel yourself breathing. Feel your natural breath as it is now and just listen to it. Take your time to become completely calm.
breathe in and let your breath gently go. Breathe deep and slow into your belly and out again. Feel your belly rise and ease up on the out-breath. Breathe in and out again. Continue your conscious breathing and relax your body. Listen to your outflowing breath without any pressure. The outbreath is like giving birth to the universe. In sleep we connect with the ocean of unconsciousness that encompasses all life and the entire cosmos. Feel your mind and body beginning to wind down. Wind down. Wind down and relax. If you have any thoughts, just let them drift through your mind like beautiful clouds across a clear blue sky. Through your mind and away. As you relax, Deeper, deeper, and deeper. Just let go of stress and tension. Let go of worry and doubt. You've seen and heard a lot today. Now is your time to unwind. You have thought, talked and done a lot today. You've earned your rest now. You worked hard and walked far. You've done enough today. You can now quietly let go and enjoy this peaceful, quiet moment. Thank you for being here.